The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its leaders, members, and contributors. Every week, your host, CEO of Two Small Men with Big Hearts, Stu Starkey, shines the light on a community to raise awareness of their leaders, members, and contributors. So together, we can create positive impact, inspire change, and help those in need of assistance at a grassroots level. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts. Welcome back, everybody, to the community of Big Hearts. Um, I am especially excited this week for a number of reasons. This week, we're back in the Direct Focus studios. Good to be in person with our guests um, and nimble sitting back on my feet again. Uh, we This week is, is a bit different of a week. Usually, we're looking at uh, how we can influence um, positively the communities through a business platform. This week, we want to start with some of the things that are going on in the world. I sat back uh, last weekend and, and thinking about the riots and, and trying to figure out you know, why those things are happening and how it relates to, to what we're doing here. And what, what came to me was that there, there's a, obviously not, not a great conversation happening about it. And, and Martin Luther King said that rioting is the language of the unheard. And we need to um, make sure we're having these conversations. And I actually thought of, of Roger, one of our, or our first guests, when I started thinking about some of the reasons why this may be happening and, and his um, research into hope. So I'm really interested and excited to talk about hope with Roger. And the guest that he brought with him, I'm even more excited to talk to, who is Sophia here. And we'll get uh, introduced to you in just one second. Um, Sophia is a self-taught programmer, uh, came here seven years ago from Nigeria, and we're really interested in looking and exploring her story um, of, of coming to Canada. So Sophia, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Oh yeah, so as, as you said, my name is Sophia Bolore, and I moved to Canada from Nigeria seven years ago. Before that, I'd actually lived in England for a couple of years because my mom lived there at a point but um yeah I'm about to graduate high school in a couple days which is really exciting and I really love um programming that's what I plan on doing in the future I would really love to become an artificial intelligence engineer because I just like I'm really fascinated by autonomous vehicles and I'd love to like explore that and um I'm also really passionate about social activism I like uh do a lot of slam poetry and run a bunch of clubs at my school that like um try to um, start like a conversation with people and like try to just take away like the boundaries that we usually have when we're talking because usually we talk to people who are like-minded but we don't really get to hear another side of the conversation which I think is really important but yeah. Amazing I can't wait to get into some of those topics <laughs> a lot of those things I'm really interested in um, so yeah looking forward to that. Roger welcome back. Oh, Stu, thanks again for having us. Uh, it's fantastic to be here. Thank you. Um, this week, I wanted to kick off um, the episode and the conversation by, by watching a video. Um, I think it's called The 100 Mile or The $100 Run, uh, which um, really helped me understand some of the things that are going on these days. 
So we're going to have producer Ryan uh, kick that off for us to watch and listen to, and we'll go from there. Hey, line up! Line up! Everybody line up! We're about to race! Everybody line up! Shoulder to shoulder! Take off your backpacks! Basketball, line up! We're about to race! Hey, we are, we are racing for a $100 bill. The winner of this race will take this. A hundred dollar bill. Before I say go, I'm gonna Both of your parents are still married. Take two steps forward if you grew up with a father figure in the home. Take two steps forward if you had access to a private education. Take two steps forward if you had access to a free tutor growing up. Take two steps forward if you've never had to worry about your cell phone being shut off. Take two steps forward if you've never had to help mom or dad with the bills. Take two steps forward if it wasn't because of your athletic ability, you don't have to pay for college. Take two steps forward if you never wondered where your next meal was going to come from. I want you guys up here in the front just to turn around and look. Every statement I've made has nothing to do with anything any of you have done. Has nothing to do with decisions you've made. Everything I've said has nothing to do with what you've done. We all know these people up here have a better opportunity to win this hundred dollars. Does that mean these people back here can't race? No. We would be foolish to not realize we've been given more opportunity. We don't want to recognize that we've been given a head start. But the reality is we have. Now, there's no excuse. They still got to run their race. You still got to run your race. But whoever wins this hundred dollars, I think it'd be extremely foolish of you not to utilize that and learn more about somebody else's story. Because the reality is, if this was a fair race and everybody was back on that line, I guarantee you some of these black dudes would smoke all of you. And it's only because you have this big of a head start that you're possibly gonna win this race called life. That is a picture of life, ladies and gentlemen. Nothing you've done has put you in the lead that you're in right now. When I say go, on your mark, get set, go. Right where you're that at. video is, is so powerful. Take two steps forward. Each time I watch it, I, I get goosebumps.
um, I get goosebumps because it's a realization that that I never carried with me, and and I'm usually pretty good at at knowing my surroundings, but um, obviously a conversation that's that's quite relevant right now, and, and I'm really interested to hearing from from you two from from two different perspectives, um, Sophia. Um, I, I'm interested. Maybe not just from your perspective, but from maybe from your parents' perspective uh, as well. W- what does what does that video mean to you? Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that like you brought up the video actually, because initially when I was asked to be here, I wanted I was hesitant because I didn't want to just put out the message that like oh if I could get like a full ride scholarship, other Black people can too. Because I watched that video a couple years ago, like I think when it first came out, and I realized that like I was saying yes to a lot of the questions like if I was in the race I would be moving forward and that wasn't something I'd ever really thought about that like I as a black woman who's also a Muslim and an immigrant could have privilege like I just Hmm. it never clicked for me I don't know if that makes any sense but after watching that I realized like the topic of merit is something that I've really begun to think about a lot like what is merit because like no one really truly has merit like the things you're able to accomplish is usually predetermined by things that you have no control over like um in the video you can't control whether your parents are still married you can't control what circumstances you're born under so why should why is it that certain like merit is so focused on and i think that can be really problematic because it assumes that everyone's put in the same position when that's not the reality um recently i had like a meeting for the club i started about um institutionalized racism and for 400 years the prison system the housing system the school system has continuously let down communities of color especially in the united states and that's not something you could get over just one lifetime and i think it's very unfair to assume that of people so i guess that's how where i stand i know i recognize that i've had a lot of privileges um in nigeria i was from a really affluent family so i was i had access to paid tutors and like things like that which obviously helped me in terms of my academics and since i never had to get a job like a lot of my friends did i was able to focus more on extracurriculars which ended up being things that I put on my scholarship applications, which made me stand out in the process. But I, although I did put in a lot of work, a lot of people put in a lot of work, but it doesn't get them to the same places because they're not given the same opportunities as I was. But yeah. Hmm, thank you. I, I could uh, sit back and listen to you talk about that for a long time. Um, thank you for sharing that. Roger, what's, what came to mind when you were uh, watching the video? Well, first of all, it's hard to believe Sophia is 17 years old right. and uh, is able to uh, capture and articulate those uh, thoughts and beliefs. And you know, it was interesting when I watched the video. I, you know, I'm white. I'm privileged. I'm well educated, um, uh, and so I, you know, I have I have all all the advantages of living in Canada and having my family. My family immigrated to Canada in 1898, and so. You know, I consider myself uh, an immigrant as well, you know, my family heritage, except I came 120 years before Sophia's family came. And, and of course, uh, uh, Canada was a lot uh, more homogenous than 
but I grew up in humble circumstance. I, I was standing at the line in that race for the first few questions. And, um, and so I'm, uh, I'm deeply grateful for the people that have believed in me and given me opportunities along, on, along my road to uh, where I'm at today. And, uh, you know, certainly in Can You, it's such a diverse uh, community, uh, culturally, uh, racially, uh, religiously, economically. And so you see all these beautiful kids from all these beautiful backgrounds. And it has really helped me kind of as much as possible for someone from my privileged stance, uh, learn and appreciate and learn to actually love uh, the differences that uh, we have here. And, you know, diversity is power. Like, uh, you know, I think there's so much uh, opportunity for us if we can, as Sophia so uh, said so well, you know, if we can get over and if we could begin to have a conversation and begin to understand each other from from uh, as, as best as possible from the other perspective. So that video is very powerful. I wish they would have said this is the $100, 100-yard race so that we could truly get a grasp on how much that advantage is for some people. Right. Roger, for those that uh, haven't heard our our original podcast, can you tell us just a little bit more about Can You and the number of kids and the diversity that, that you guys represent in your, your organization? Yeah, so Can You is a Winnipeg-based uh, not-for-profit uh, organization that uh, started about 10 years ago. Uh, when me and my friends got together and we uh, had this dream of providing uh, opportunities for kids uh, like Sophia new to Canada and uh, and so many other kids that just would really benefit uh, from a little bit of extra opportunity academically and in terms of mentors and we started with 15 kids in that first pilot program and now we're uh, I just heard from our staff that you know in terms of program opportunities throughout a calendar year we're at over a thousand uh, kids spots involved and uh, over 1200 volunteers so you know we've grown uh, in our scope and um, we provide 80 to 90 uh, learning experiences and Sophia has been involved in a number of them uh, since she arrived in Canada and excelled in all of them and, and she has such a neat story of how she uh, systematically went through some of these can you experiences and had a uh, initial dream and then that changed and she tried something else and that changed and then she tried something else and it was it's a beautiful story so um you know it, it uh, can use a you know i like to call it can you is the university of can it's a place of possibilities it's a it's a place where we want to introduce kids with amazing potential to uh uh, the dreams of their future and so that they can begin to visualize their future self uh, and I believe that's this this idea of hope, you know, that we we can we have this ability to see forward and set goals. Uh, it's mysterious, you know. Hope is one of these mysterious foundational energies, like faith, like love. It's a universal concept that we can tap into, and it changes everything. Uh, so. You know, Sophia's story is a beautiful one of just her experiencing. She's a hopeful, optimistic person. But, you know, I remember, Sophia, actually, we had a conversation one time, and, and you did wonder if uh, your reality was going to work against you uh, in terms of achieving some of your dreams. And uh, 
I'm so glad and I'm so proud of you that you have worked so hard to realize, hey, I can do anything I want if I put myself, uh, and you're not going to let things stop you. That's a definition of hope, setting goals, uh, determining the pathway to get there and not giving up when uh, there's a few obstacles that come in the way. Thank you, Roger. Can you is is such a, an important organization, and and what's happening right now, I believe, is really highlighting the the need for Can You. It helps with the conversation. It helps give those that may be starting near the the back of that race um, a few steps forward. Um, and when I was exploring it, thinking about those riots and why they're happening and comparing it to this race if you put yourself in those shoes and you were standing at that back of the race in a hundred yard race how much hope would you have that you can compete that you can catch up and and how much energy and when would you run out of energy to keep running that race so can you i believe is really helping um those that that need those few steps forward and teaches you how to run that race. Um, so thank you for all of your efforts with Can You. Um, Sophia, I know that you, uh, based on your story here, did not start at the back of the race, but you've been able to go through the Can You program and possibly see others that, that have. What has Can You meant for those kids? Well, during my time as um, a facilitator, which was something that was really monumental for me, um, just like, it's it's I, it's hard to put it into words, but it's just such a beautiful experience, like watching them like interact with each other. I um, facilitated the computer programming and robotics course because those are just things that I'm really interested in. Like just during each of the programs, I'd always meet like one kid who I just felt like a connection to. And um, I remember this particular girl who, um, I think she was only at the program for one day. I, she might have gotten sick for the rest of the days, but I just didn't see her after that. But her name was Camila, and my dad's name's Camille, so I felt <laughs> like, oh, um, I felt like a connection. And um, she told me she hadn't slept all day, and I was like, oh, like, because she seemed like kind of like dreary, and she seemed like she wanted to participate, but just didn't have the energy to. So I just asked her, like, oh, do you want me to like take you to like a place where you could just take a quick nap or something? And I let like the um, supervisors know, and I was like, I just stayed with her there. And um, I like, uh, we, there's this particular room, it's room 300, but I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone else would know that. But I just like <laughs> took her there and like I wanted to wait with her so in case anyone like no random person just came into the room and like bothered her. But when I like took her in there um and she saw that I was going to stay the first thing she said to me was like, "Oh, it's okay. I'm not going to steal anything." Mm. And the fact that like that was her first reaction like <laughs> it kind of makes me emotional cuz I was just really shocked that like she would ever think that that's that was 
what I thought of her. I didn't know her at all. I just was trying to make sure she was safe. And I remember when I told her, like, oh, no, of course you're not. I just don't want anyone to come in and, like, bother you while you're sleeping or, like, ask you what you're doing here. I want to be able to explain to them that, like, you're just, like, here to take a nap. And she seemed, like, happy, and then she took her nap. And I remember at the end of that session, she gave me a hug before she left. And it just, like, it just really... um that uh entire experience just has really stayed with me throughout like the time since i uh was facilitating that program just because it like really opened my eyes to the fact that like a lot of kids aren't just treated with like the basic sense of respect and trust and that really affects how you turn out in life because if you're expected to steal people expect you to do horrible things it just gives you more of a reason to do it since people are gonna expect that from you anyway you might as well just prove them right so i think that's really important and i think with can you a lot of kids are shown that they matter and they're cared for and they're respected and that there's so much more to them than the labels that society might put on them and what society might, the negative things society might expect from them. So that's just been my experience like um, facilitating. And I know it's had, this is just one particular goal, but I know like everyone who's part of the program comes out of it like a different person with a stronger sense of self. Well said. <laughs> you are going to be an amazing social activist. Thank you. Um, and it's hard to follow. Roger, um, oh, that's your know. act. Please <laughs> 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 uh, Sophia, that's amazing. And, um, you know, uh, it's hard to, uh, you know, I mean, Sophia volunteered this year as a what we call a junior facilitator because she was in high school. And she worked with the grade five and six kids, which is kind of the entry point to the can you uh, can you world. And then kids can keep being involved with can you through graduation from high school. So actually, Sophia is a part of our first ever kind of graduating class, and uh, uh, we you know we're th that young and it's a small group. You know, I, we're trying to actually figure out how many graduates there are, but. Um, Sophia is an example of someone who, you know, despite, you know, uh, moving to a new country and, and having some uh, privilege as she does so, she still had to make adjustments to a new culture, a new way, uh, all of the challenges uh, that that can have. And she and her little sister, Samira, are doing so well in life, and, uh, but they both work very hard and their parents are uh, extraordinarily supportive and helpful and uh, it's it's fantastic to see so I, I don't know how to say or add, build on or add to what Sophia said it's uh, uh, you know our hope is that can you is a respectful uh, place where everybody is treated equally and uh, as Sophia says the labels are not negative in fact you know, we have a kind of a dignity policy in Kenya where we uh, we uh, really are careful about the language we use and and in terms of labels. In fact, the label that I most like using is that Kenya kids are full of potential. You know, and I think that even that isn't quite sufficient because it doesn't 
really do justice to where a kid is at right now. You know, it speaks of the future. But uh, I think that that's important that if we all recognize that we have the potential to become, as Sophia said, our true and best selves in the future, and we have people who believe in us and support us along that way and provide an environment like Can You where we all belong and we all feel comfortable with each other, uh, then I think really good things are going to happen. And uh, sure, we've had little uh, skirmishes and, and mean things said from one kid to another, but one of the things I've been contemplating and reflecting on during this time in these last several weeks is that amazing that, that, that Can You is such a, as Sophia described, a place where there is a lot of respect and, and there is generally equality. And that that is across the board between the kids and the volunteers and everybody. It's, a, it's this kind of beautiful mosaic of uh, people who are there uh, humbly and uh, openly to uh, experience each other. It, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of magical. We certainly don't have any formula for creating this. It's, uh, it's happened because of the incredible... Uh, volunteers that come our way that we screen pretty carefully uh, and that their their commitment to uh, learning and and respecting the kids that come hmm. I'll switch up the order this time to give you a chance Roger on this question um, do you what sort of programming do you guys have at, at can you um, that's helping with these kind of issues specifically um, and do you have any advice? This will be your question, Sophia, as well. Mm-hmm. So do you have any advice on um, those that want to give mm-hmm. um, or help or volunteer mm-hmm. um, to be able to help give those people a few steps forward in this in this race of life? Wow. Um, wh- what, do you, what do you say to that? So programming and then advice for those that give. You know, Stu, what a timely question. Um, you know, we've started, uh, can use evolving all the, you know, it was started, uh, you know, 10 years ago based on some constraints, you know, and we had to be innovative and creative in what we were doing. Uh, and then we fell into this beautiful pathway of growth and uh, influence and impact. Uh, but our, you know, we, and we, and everything that we did was fantastic. And, you know, and our staff is incredible and they're so passionate about what we do and so committed to it. But we, you know, in a recent conversation with my uh, staff, I, you know, it, it, they, they, and, the, and now in the COVID reality that we f- find ourselves, we said, wow, you know, this is kind of an opportunity for us to reimagine, can you? And, um, and some of the outcomes of that imagining process has been, we want to get down to some of these underlying foundational human attributes that will uh, prepare us for the future. So you know, sure, having an amazing law program or an amazing robotics program or health sciences programs that we have, all of those things are fantastic. And they do wonderful things for kids who are introduced to them. But I'm now thinking about how do we help introduce kids to the concept of gratitude, for example, so that kids' perspectives are changed from scarcity and negativity to uh, thankfulness and possibility. If we, you know, and, and it, the research shows that the number one developed attribute a person can have to change their perspective and to, you know, whatever success is, 
is gratitude. And I am just a, a novice in this, but I am now, again, do it you know, due to the reality of the pandemic, I am taking daily gratitude walks. And uh, I happen to live close to a beautiful uh, walking path in Winnipeg. And this five kilometer loop takes me almost exactly an hour is, uh, is my start to almost every day. So gratitude, helping kids to see what they have, not focus on what they don't have. And Sophia is a great example of this. She is extremely positive. Mm-hmm. And she uh, is very grateful, and she uh, it has formed in her a character that is attractive, and that you know will get her to the places where she is right now. Which a full ride to the University of Toronto, Canada's you know arguably the greatest, the best university in Canada. So gratitude is one thing. The other thing that we're we're really thinking about right now is, uh, and Sophie is another great example of this. She started a Voices for Change program uh, to deal with systemic racism and uh, issues in her, in her high school. And I'm thinking we have these wonderful, creative, um, passionate high school students and university students, and we are experiencing um, a very positive, uh, diverse reality in CanU. So maybe we need to start uh, a leadership group within CanU where we focus on issues of respect and equality and justice and get the, the kids working at our figuring out how to, uh, like you in your business uh, and in the community of Big Hearts, Stu, you want to inspire the community to get involved. Well, we want to capture our learning and be able to inspire others to do similar things. So those are two kind of program type things. And I I think the other concept that we're looking at again in a post-COVID reality or now is that we've come up with virtual uh, can you experiences, virtual mentorship, virtual tutoring, virtual learning experiences. And this opens up a whole new world of volunteers. You know, we can have an accountant from the community virtually mentor a, a kid who's interested in accounting. And so this is one of the future uh, items for us. We can tutor uh, kids in subjects and in life uh, interests as well. So there's a real new open door for the community to get directly involved with you in a new volunteer uh, way. Thanks, Roger. Yeah, you and I are going to be talking more about the <laughs> virtual volunteering. Um, but yeah, the message there uh, I love, and I'm also an amateur at, at the gratitude practice. Uh, my daughter and I try to practice it every night before we go to bed and just say three things we're grateful for about the awesome. day. And it does really help shift that perspective of, of what you do have rather than what you're uh, realizing that you don't. Uh, and it's just, it's simple. You know, there's always somebody that has more, but there's also uh, lots that, that have less and um, we really should just be focusing on what we're thankful for. Unfortunately, it's it's how our brains are hardwired, so we got to fight that a little bit. In fact, Stu, the last time I was on, you talked about uh, comparison, and you had a great quote. Can you um, remind me of that? Of course. Comparison is the thief of joy. Right. And um, I think it's so true. We have to lift ourselves out of that um, tempt- tempting environment of comparing ourselves to others whether it's positively or negatively, you know, especially negatively, but even positively, we can 
puff ourselves up and we can then look down on people who don't have what uh, what we have uh, and it, that's not a good place to be and we can also of course get really discouraged when we compare ourselves uh, our, our reality self to the best self of somebody else you know or the perception of a best self of someone else right. so uh, I, I really believe in that 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 comparison trap is deadly and it's particularly deadly for kids because mm -hmm. they don't have uh, the foundational security and stable kind of understanding of themselves to uh, avoid uh, that trap or even once they fall into it have the resources uh, the personal resources to climb out of it effectively I mostly remember uh, you know junior high and high school and and certainly uh, some of those insecurities get taken advantage of back then and um, I think that it happens because they know exactly how they're feeling and, and can project that out. But um, you also mentioned leaders uh, in your programming with Can You? Um, and it's pretty good or great segue to talk about, uh, I imagine, one of your great leaders within the program, Sophia. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. Sophia, the question to you is... Um, it sounds like you got a few programs that you're leading yourself. What advice um, or recommendations would you, would you give to those that want to help, those that want to give resources or give time or help start something themselves uh, to have impact on the stuff that we were talking about? Yeah, so I definitely think the most important thing when it comes to trying to help out is caring, like genuinely caring. I've noticed, like I've met in high school everyone is really um competitive and like wants to be like the best they could possibly be but i've noticed like some of the people who join the clubs that i'm running don't necessarily care they just care that it looks nice on their applications and stuff and i think with that it it just it gives you so much of a disadvantage because there are things you actually genuinely do care about and you could do so well in but if you only do something because you think it would make you a better person you're probably not going to succeed as much in that like just to put that into context um I started the voices for change forum at my school this year and there's a lot of hoops I had to jump through um initially the administration found it um sort of controversial they didn't really like the topics we were going to be discussing i remember the first meeting i was going to talk about blackface so i had a poster of uh justin trudeau and blackface <laughs> and i put it around my school and they had to take it down like literally 15 minutes after because they were like yeah no you can't do this so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's that and also even when the club started there weren't that many people showing up at first i think the first meeting uh four people came and now it's like there are probably like over 30 people involved there's a guy from bermuda who joined our meeting a couple weeks ago which was really cool because he was friends with someone in the meeting and he'd seen the poster and he was like oh like i'd love to like be a part of that since all the meetings are virtual now but yeah um i feel like genuinely having that passion for it would like guarantee you're gonna make a difference in some way because you're not gonna stop until you get there so i feel like that's probably my biggest advice to just like make sure you really genuinely care about what you're trying to fix because I feel like 
if that's there, if that's that's like the ultimate foundation. Like you can't really build anything off something you have no passion for. So I think yeah, passion's probably the number one thing. And also, um, collaboration. That's also really important because again, with the voices for change thing, I felt like I wanted to talk about all these different topics um, that affected all different kinds of people. But I'm only one person. I've only experienced so many things, and it's it'd be hard for me to talk about things and lead discussions in subjects that I'm not familiar with. So definitely having like I invited um, a couple more people to help me run the club because having their feedback and having their input just made it so much better. Like there was just like so many different topics that were like open and it just like opened like um, a wide variety of potential things to talk about because they had things that they were also passionate about, things that they've experienced that they wanted to talk about and they could lead the discussions and it made more people feel a connection to the club. So yeah, that would be it for me. So next week, Sophia's going to be sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be behind the camera with Ryan and we're just going to listen. <laughs> um, so caring um, and collaboration, amazing advice. And, and th that advice would be for people who really want to get out there and s start their own thing but it's also okay for those that um, aren't don't yet have their own personal cause to get started to help Sophia to help Roger mm -hmm. to help join the cause um, to donate their time or resources I'm sure Roger um, you have a place for people to help donate their resources Oh, for sure. And, you know, Stu, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to ask, uh, for financial support. Can you, uh, it tries to be, uh, an uber efficient organization. Uh, we, we're partnership driven. We have lots of in-kind contributions, but of course we want to pay our staff well, and we want to, uh, uh, provide excellent opportunities for students. So, yeah, for sure. People can make uh, Can You a part of their stewardship. You know, they can sponsor um, programs or events, uh, or they can uh, become a part of our uh, monthly donor club. We're just starting, and it's in honor of Manitoba's uh, 150th birthday, but we have this 204 and 431 challenge. And that's, I, I'd like to speak about that because this is a way for people to get involved in a number of ways. But you know, the 204 and the 431 giving clubs are really uh, 204 annual donation, which is $17 a month, or $431 per year is 35 or $36 a month. So those are two really practical kind of entry-level ways that uh, any person could get involved in supporting what we're doing. And in fact, we have a goal to add 150 people to that community of supporters this year. But of course, we know that there are some companies that can make a sizable contribution to what we're doing, and there are that, some that do. So we would certainly, I'd welcome a conversation if anybody out there wants to talk about how they might be able to be involved, a company or an individual with, uh, with resources that they can easily get a hold of me and we can talk about that. But one thing we're trying to do right now in a way to, uh, you know, come out of, uh, you know, into phase three of uh, our reality here in Manitoba uh, is that we're inviting people to join what we're calling the Can You Challenge. And we're putting this together with our friends at Ted's Run for Literacy, 
who've been supporting CanU for a number of years, and we're inviting people to do a challenge. You know, it could be a physical activity, it could be a creative activity, but we're inviting them to do 204 of something or 431 of something, and they can sign up at the website canyouchallenge.com, which has just gone kind of live. We actually haven't even done our hard launch yet, but they can go there and look at the different options. Uh, my 204 challenge is a kind of phase one. I'm going to hike uh, uh, 204 kilometers in the in the month of uh, June, and uh, you know I'm preparing for uh, the, our annual fundraising event called the Mantario Trail Challenge, where we hike through the Mantario Trail 65 kilometers without stopping, well, or without staying anywhere overnight. And so it's quite an endure, uh, you know, it's quite a challenging thing. And we do it, there's a number of us that do it. And we raise, uh, we ask our friends to sponsor us. And every dollar that we raise in that is matched by the Winnipeg Foundation, which then goes mm. into a scholarship fund for amazing Can You kids like Sophia and others. And so I think this year we gave away 116 scholarships to Can You kids. Uh, and to date, in the five years that we've done this, uh, we've given away f- uh, 488 scholarships. And those uh, funds are, you know, a kid can start applying in grade five and they can continue to apply until grade 12. So they could potentially end up with eight scholarships. And that money is held in trust by the Winnipeg Foundation in that child's name. And it's applicable to any uh, post secondary institution in Canada. So, you know, we started that fund a number of years ago. Uh, you know, your father-in-law was instrumental in, uh, in designing this with me. And, uh, and uh, so uh, we've been super pleased with the results so far. And we know that receiving a scholarship like that, it, and it's a, it's a kind of a bi-focus one. You know, it's, it's honoring and um, acknowledging uh, a child's commitment to learning and to leading. And... Uh, so we ask the children to uh, youth to uh, tell us what you know what, what their commitment to learning is and what their commit- commitment to learning how to lead is, and uh, so we call them the Can You Lead Awards, and uh, we know that it does more than provide a little bit of financial help. When you get acknowledged in an award, something happens mm-hmm. to you. You know, you uh, realize, hey, I I do have something to offer. I can be that future self that that Sophia talks about. And uh, I, you know, it, it increases the hope level, it increases the confidence level, and it, it sets the, the sights a little higher for the future. And uh, it provides that resiliency that you need when things get a little tough. You can look on your wall and you can see your Can You Lead Award certificate. And you can see that quote by Philip Kivas that says, you know, imagination plus willpower equals impossible dreams. And and you are motivated to keep going. Well, Roger, you said that um, you guys like to run things ultra efficient and it, it's an awkward ask uh, for resources. But I think that's the exact reason why people listening should strongly consider donating is that you leverage that money and make sure it gets to the places it, it needs to go. Um, and our, our guest over here is one of those exact reasons why we should continue giving to continue to cultivate leaders like Sophia, who are obviously going to be world beaters mm-hmm. out there. Um, 
Sophia, anything else that you want to talk about or how people can help you and your causes? Oh, yeah, I'm still, like, in the beginning, and I'm trying to make Voices for Change, like, continue next year. I mean, I have uh, people who are part of um, the club who go to my school are planning on continuing it next year, so that's really cool. But I've had a few people who are graduating or have graduated ask me, like, oh, is it going to continue? Because they really want to, like, it's really become, like, a really safe place, and everyone's friends, and it's, like, it's been really cool, like, being a part of um that and being the person who like started that but um yeah i'm planning on continuing it for next year even though i'll be in university it's meant to be a high school club but um i just i think people joining the conversation even if it's outside of voices for change but i think the most important thing to me is having those conversations with people who are different from you it just opens so much room in your mind because i feel like a lot of people just you're always surrounded by people who are like you who think like you and like that makes you grow up and sort of fear people who are different and I I've noticed a lot with like um sort of Donald Trump's presidency and like the bill in Quebec uh bill 21 just things like that and I feel like if we had a better understanding of like people who seem foreign or different from us those things wouldn't happen you know because just like you wouldn't you would gain like you would have a mutual respect for them and you wouldn't want to do anything that would cause them harm or pain because you'd see them as equals not as like an alien as a lot of people Mm -hmm. view people who are different from them so i feel like the most important thing is to have conversations with people you wouldn't necessarily talk to on a regular basis and just like listen um i feel like a lot of times we talk which is something that i've had to um focus on just like genuinely listening to people and not like listening for a response I feel like a lot of the time people listen to say something back and aren't really hearing what the other person is saying and like really internalizing it and I feel like until we start to like actually like listen to people to hear what they have to say not to respond to them I feel like that could like cause a lot of change but that's beautiful and I think um in addition to that, because I've done a, a bit of thinking on this, because um, I do love having conversations with, with differing opinions, is to be able to have that conversation and continue past that point where you have differing opinions is that you want to always carry the mindset that what would it take to change my mind? And if the answer is nothing, then you probably end the conversation. But hopefully you're always having that point of uh, mindset where you can have that openness to be willing to change your mind and expand your um, areas to learn and look from other perspectives and try new things so you're not always just falling into people like us and 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 that people like us ends up becoming everybody yeah so I think it's probably a good place to end. I really appreciate uh, you guys coming down here, making making the time for this conversation. It was really special to me, and hopefully we've encouraged uh, just a few people or more to give in their community to help those get those few steps forward to feel that hope that they can run that race. So thank you guys. Thank you for having us. Yeah.
thanks to and thanks to producer Ryan for his uh, amazing job. He's so handsome. Uh, <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank he, you, sir. He could that. use that 403 challenge. Maybe do some setups, man. Like, hey, man, I should get on it. <laughs> thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Community of Big Hearts with Stu Starkey. If you know someone in your community who is a leader doing great things and driving change, a contributor who is on a passionate mission to help their community through a nonprofit or a foundation, or a community member just doing their part to make their community a better place. Please send Stu an email and let him know, and maybe they can be featured on a future episode of the Community of Big Hearts. You can email Stu at stu at twosmallmen.com. Again, that's stu at twosmallmen.com. Thank you again for listening.